0: Movement Rio Media presents A Few Good Physios with Dr. Eric Munoz and Dr. Leonidas Scantilides. You
1: can't handle the truth.
2: What is physical therapy? More research. More research true therapeutic effect
0: join us each week as we discuss current trends in medicine rehabilitation and strength and
2: conditioning the answers are out there all content is a collaboration between on-point sports care and integrated pt squared a few good physios is not medical advice and is
0: used for educational purposes only if you are having pain and or health-related complaints please seek out a licensed healthcare professional thank you for downloading enjoy All right, welcome back. Episode 28 of Few Good Physios. We're super excited. Today we have the co-founders of MatchFit Performance, Erwin Sagia and Rina Eliazar. And we're super excited. We've been trying to set this up for a little while and we finally got them in. And uh, welcome.
3: Thank
2: you. Thank you guys for coming over.
0: Thanks for
4: having us. Thanks for having us.
0: So we like to start off with a little kind of background, like one of the things that we usually say is like, who are you, what are you doing here kind of thing, and um, let's start with um, basically where you guys went to PT school.
4: So we both graduated from NYU. I graduated in 2014, Irwin in 2013.
0: Oh, okay. Very cool.
4: And uh, yeah, we met in school, had some of the same goals, and uh, everything went from there. (laughs) (laughs) Also a very funny story how we ended up um where we are now.
0: So. Oh, I'd love to hear, well, this. Let's hear it. Last <laughs> is a good, is a good start. Oh so. boy.
3: you can start. <laughs> the, are we talking about the pitching story or uh I mean
4: No, well, oh, we I met. was I was talking about how we met. How we actually
3: yeah. met. So, we actually <laughs> met uh as a result of one of my best friends uh in the program. So, as a second year, we have a we have a real, they they set up a really good culture at NYU where they have all the first incoming first years get paired up with a second year just to introduce uh, students to the culture um, assign them with somebody that has very similar interests and so the transition into grad school is much easier mm-hmm. and so because of being in physical therapy school the the profession is predominantly women right and so for my class in a class of about 30 30 335 there was two females to every male mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so when my buddy my best friend and my desk buddy was assigning partners out of all of the guys I was the only one that was assigned to a woman mm-hmm. uh, as a buddy <laughs> <laughs> and so uh. I never heard the end of it my buddy never heard the end of it uh. and uh, we got assigned together because we had shared a ton of very similar interests we danced in college Uh, I competed in ballroom and choreographed hip-hop. Rena competed in hip-hop and did some choreography as well. So, like, that was, you know, we had a lot of similar interests, and that's the, the rest is, the rest history. is history that's <laughs> awesome <laughs>
2: very cool
0: that's right i remember i saw a couple of videos either uh you posted uh, on instagram of th- some of the old hip-hop videos oh yeah and th- and then you posted <laughs> something too when yeah. you danced I too i was like god they, they were the like dancers and that was awesome <laughs> yeah they're we really good at it too. It's past but, life
3: sort of but yeah. i miss sorta. it a little
4: bit yeah we find ourselves reminiscing a lot actually and yeah we during study breaks we would get sucked into the youtube hole of our favorite choreographers and the videos that they would post and we actually did that again recently we just stayed up late and just ran through all the videos that we used to watch and realized that that was 6 years ago 7 years ago wow. and it was it, it kind of made us miss it and pledge to go back to it at some point but yeah. L- a yeah.
2: Little hip hop ballroom combo, kinda.
4: Yeah, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> We're and that hit at a- weddings. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can
0: still whip it out and and do it at dance parties.
2: Mm-hmm. And prior to, um, I guess, PT school, why? I guess YPT. Um, mm. fry, you know, either okay. you guys.
4: So interesting story. I actually started in undergrad in business school. I wow. thought I wanted to be a CPA on Wall Street. Wow! And um, I, ca- I was really good at accounting. I took a class. I took basic accounting in high school, and I got to my first Foundations of Business class. It was a pretty big lecture, and my professor said, "Who knows what happened in the Fed today?" And I look around the room. All these kids are raising their hands. They want to. They want to say the answer. And I kind of sat there and said, I don't really care what <laughs> happened in the bed today. And that was the first day of class. Oh <laughs> so, my god! Um, so I did go through the whole quarter. Um, we did a lot of business presentations. I learned how to analyze a financial statement. Um, it was a lot of prep work. Which actually ended up helping us out a bit yes, in the beginnings sure. of st- in the beginnings of starting MatchFit, for sure. Yeah. But uh, when I when I left the business program, I wanted I knew I was better at science. Didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to go to med school, and I didn't want to be an engineer,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and I didn't want to do what. Most of my Filipino friends were doing, which was nursing. <laughs> so um, I was always an athlete. I was a competitive swimmer for a very long time. I did a short stint for Drexel at a D1 level. So wow. I um, I looked into just a general health science program, and then Drexel is also a co-op school. So when we were interviewing for co-ops. I was interested in more of a physical therapy co-op as opposed to just a general clerical kind of admin type of co-op because that's really the only ones that were available for health science majors mm-hmm. and found a really great place in Philadelphia. It's called Good Shepherd Penn Partners. They're mm-hmm. primarily affiliated with um, University of Pennsylvania Hospital mm-hmm. and met. An amazing team of PTs there from all different backgrounds, so neuro, pelvic health, um, ortho, of course, Mm. people who did um, the workman's comp evaluations, and so I got to see a lot of different things, certified hand therapists as well, so it was a good variety of things that I got exposed to and definitely set me in the course of wanting to go to PT school.
2: Cool. Sounds like an inspiring group, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I keep
4: in touch with a lot of them today through Facebook, and uh, it it was really cool when I was applying to school and then even when I was graduating and still being able to keep in touch with them and remembering how I was when I was just... Starting out and still figuring out my way, and Mm -hmm. it's been really awesome just to see the growth from there. Very
2: cool! Congratulations!
4: Thank you. Yeah.
3: So, uh, I was from the other end, so I didn't spend a lot of time in numbers. I was actually a biochemistry major in undergrad. So I went to I was at Binghamton University. Uh, I had a big athletic background, playing soccer my whole life, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I ended up playing club at Binghamton. And I had I was a pre med biochemistry major I had these like big aspiring dreams to go to medical school and my junior year uh, shadowing a cardiologist Uh, I was living uh, where my parents were living and they still live now up in Westchester County just north of the city Uh, I was shadowing a cardiologist who is a cardiac cath Um, he he worked in the cardiac cath lab Mm. and he we spent a whole summer just hanging out I watched him do a lot of minimally invasive, uh, procedures, placing stents, uh, clearing up blockages in the coronary arteries. I did a lot of data aggregation and, um, like crunched a bunch of numbers for him. And then at the end of the summer, he, we sat down and he's like, so, you know, are you ready to go to med school next year I reply, And I looked at him, I was like, oh, I'm not really sure. And he, he was <laughs> like, he's like yeah it's a lot of work he's like if you are not really 100 into it he's like i, I wouldn't recommend it mm. and i don't know what possessed me to ask the question but i, I looked at him and I, I asked him uh if you could do it again would you do it again mm. uh, that's a great question And he Did... looked at me he was like you know to be honest no wow, wow. and that i sat <laughs> and it like set off these like fireworks in my brain and i was like oh shoot <laughs> so i went home and i was like I'm not I'm not going to go to med school like this it's not worth it for me and at the time what was it like 20 year old me was like oh yeah I want to I want to have a family I uh, in 10 years I want to have a family I want to have a like a full job and if I was going to go into medical school it's what like four years undergraduate four years post-grad residency mm. and then I either wanted to go into, car- into cardiology or neurology which is like extra time right oh, yeah, so like by years. the time <laughs> by the time I get out of medical school and out of fellowship and residency and all that stuff I'm what maybe 35 and so it didn't align with like what I thought I wanted to do mm. and it set off this like early quarter life crisis where it's right. like what do what do I do I, I was like I love I love Athletics. I love working with athletes. I like having these uh, personal exchanges and building relationships with with clients and athletes. So I can't do that as a cardiac cath doctor. Right. Uh, so uh, I ended up making my way into this. Uh, you shadowed the athletic trainers at Binghamton University it was like a mini residency like internship kind of thing Uh, so I learned how to tape ankles I slung ice bags for a while and I was like oh I want to go into AT Mm. and interestingly enough the head AT I think he's still at Binghamton, Noel Zay uh, uh, he looks at me and he's like you honestly don't want to go into AT. I was like, why? Oh, I was like, why? A lot like, of why? people telling you what you don't want I to do. I was like, why are people crushing my dreams? And he's, <laughs> like, he's like, to be fair, you know, it's, it's super tough. Like I want to have a family, but I'm always on the road with the teams that I'm with. Um, and to be fair, it's not, it's not super different from what we're doing right now, but yeah. uh, it's a little different. But, You know, it's hard to it's hard to have a personal life when you're on the road with your teams a lot, and you basically are on call for the teams that you work with. Mm -hmm. So I was like, "Oh shoot!" And he goes, "Maybe you should look into PT." Mm -hmm. So that Mm. following summer, like in junior year, uh, or. Like into my senior year, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to PT school. I did my research. I looked up all the schools that I could potentially go to, figured out how to apply, what they needed, Mm -hmm. and did all my prereqs. I took a gap year after I graduated from from Binghamton. um, And Got in, luckily enough, got into PT school. I applied to like nine, and I got wow. into one. I got into one. I got waitlisted at the other. Wow. And NYU was the only school that, that was like, "We want you here." And I was like, "Great, let's go. I'm going to take on <laughs> six, awesome. six Figs of death. Let's go." <laughs> hey, <I> know, right? <laughs> yeah. So, oh my god, that's but, awesome. I, it's
0: so funny. I was uh, before we started. I was asking if they had listened to the the Steve Horney one. Right. Um, and very similar work is. I don't know. Uh, well, if you didn't listen to it, the uh, he had he was kind of being mentored by an athletic trainer that worked at his school and he was talking to him he's like i want to be just like you i want to be able to go to athletic training school and the guy was like you don't want to do this and he kind of had the same reasons he was like you know you have more options with pt and i think you're more suited for pt and things like that it was, it was very interesting but no oh, it's a great story yeah,
2: it's interesting both of you have that um flashbulb moment i know you probably have it i know i had it mm-hmm. but um you just remember that shift when someone said, "Have you ever considered a career in physical therapy?" Or you know, just a, it's just a—it's
3: a shift. It's pretty cool that we all remember crystal clear. Mm-hmm. That that yeah. I don't know yeah. if they were really trying to defend their positions as ATs too, because it's very—it's a really competitive market, right? There's sure. only so oh, many true. teams <laughs> and schools and places that you can work for. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's fine. It, I ended—I ended up in the place that I wanted to be, anyways, which was great. But I like. In my head, I'm like, I wonder if they did that on purpose. (laughs) A little competitive decrease the competition.
2: (laughs) So both of you guys uh, got into, right after school, did you guys work in any other practices? Um, What was your experience right after school as a new grad, I guess?
4: Um, So I started in one of the bigger, um, I guess, chains here in the the city. Um, I was there for about a year and a half, and I just felt like I couldn't, I wasn't giving the patients the attention that I thought they needed. And it got to the point where it was all about the numbers. And Mm. there, I remember there was a chart in my supervisor's office. And when I would come in and say, listen, I feel like I don't have the support that I need on the floor Mm. because there would be uh, some of my coworkers would be would be taking in such a high volume that the aides would be monopolized. Yes. So I would try to position myself in such a way that I could keep an eye on the people who are on the floor, but also have my hands on somebody on the table and be, you know, shouting out directions, whatever mm, know. form changes. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you both um, know how that goes. But mm-hmm. um, at a certain point, I was just like, I really can't do this anymore, yeah. and it's it's going. You know, we. Um, we may get into this later, we may not, but we just did a talk yesterday at Columbia's DPT program about branding and marketing and how, um, setting up a really solid brand and really defining your values and what you believe in will steer you in in your course, wherever that may be. So Mm -hmm. at that point in time, those, what they were asking me to do was just really against my values and what I went into the profession for. So I left, went to a smaller um, out-of-network clinic and decided to do it part-time while we were starting to gain more momentum with MatchFit. And I guess I was there also about a year and a half. And then as of January last year, what year are we in? 2019, (laughs) so January of 2018 was when I was full-time MatchFit, no part-time gigs or anything. So, um, so yeah, it's, Congrats. it's been quite a ride. That's awesome. <laughs> I know
2: it, it's actually cool. a motivating force to see what's out there. You know, I know yeah. you're being politically correct and that's cool, <laughs> but it is, yeah, it is like a, the chain, it, it kind of goes against everything. I, I think anybody got into PT for, mm-hmm. uh, I shouldn't say anybody, but.
0: No, I, I mean, I think it, it was interesting. I had an experience, uh, this week. Um, at another clinic and uh, a patient said something really interesting to me that I thought I'd bring up here. Um, There was three, there was me and two other PTs on and on average there's like, Um, there's about two patients per hour for follow-ups at this uh, location. And um, this person was looking around and I, I, she's not my normal patient. She would always be seen by another therapist. Um, And it wasn't busy for the space but it was everybody had full schedules but there was only three total pts on and she looked around she's like this place needs to be busier (laughs) and she goes you should just line up people and she was being dead serious and i was like i'm not sure what you mean she's like i've been to other places where they'll have like eight people on a table for one person i'm like i didn't want to go into it with her because it was like you know we had 15 minutes left of the appointment It would it would have been taken away from her her treatment and i tried to distract but it was that was the mindset it was like that was normal for her and that was normal for PT and I feel like on our end we're always trying to say like all right what can we give to you to help you with your injury and whatever you're recovering from and that is not the way to do it I mean the way to do it is to have you know as we know education you know one-on-one being able to talk to the person being able to watch them move things like that assess um, and I think it's it's a strange. Norm now that I think a lot of patients have, and unfortunately some patients, uh, some PTs have. Um, but I think you know w- why we're um, really wanted to have you guys on and talk about MatchFit is because MatchFit in itself is, is kind of trying to uh, broaden that uh, perspective, right? Smash that perspective, yeah. actually. Just yeah. crush it completely. <laughs> it's Not the just table. Get rid of flip
2: it. Lift the table <laughs> because you know that someone's experience. Uh, it, with PT, and they might have that entry point, they might think that that's a normal thing that their mm. PT is screaming over the table, bend your knees, bring your hips back, whatever, you know. Remote coaching. Yes. Yeah, remote <laughs> <Yeah>. coaching. <laughs> and then the person on the table who you're, you know, working on, your hand, yeah, it, it's, it's, um, the system needs to get flipped, as you said. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
4: <laughs> what really kind of drove me, the cl- I would say, before I finally jumped off and left that job, but what drove me closest to the edge was when. I had a client on the table, and she noticed that I was managing at that, I think I had four people in the office at one time at Oof. that, po- at that particular moment in time. And she, very sweet woman, she did, she did everything that I asked her to do. Um, I could tell at times that she would get frustrated because I couldn't spend more time with her. Mm-hmm. But she actually left a Yelp review did not say anything about me specifically, so didn't say my name, but commented on the environment gotcha. and how um, she, I, if I remember correctly, her specific words were the the way that they have the environment set up makes the therapists really inefficient at their jobs, mm. ah. and and then she commented on how much she was getting billed for. for her sessions right, that's the other of course. Thing. Yeah. and so yeah. um and so of course my my boss pulled me aside and said what what happened with this cl- patient what yeah. what could you have done differently and I said I did everything in my power mm-hmm. to try to give her what she needed yeah. and you know of course it, it was it was my fault quote unquote of <laughs> yeah, and, of and so you know that was that was probably what pushed me the most over to looking at other options, mm-hmm. and it sh- that that sticks with me. That moment sticks with me a lot. When we get to a point where we're thinking, okay, this is really hard. Like, why why are we doing this? Like, coming back to our why. That's one of the moments that yes. sticks out in my mind.
0: Yeah, a why. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. Well, I was going to ask where when was the like kind of the inception of Match Fit? Was it like w- was it right out of school or w- were you guys kind of planning that or is it something that after going through these experiences you're like let's we should kind of plan out some other option here
3: like tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) let's do it now Uh, we so i graduated a year before rena in 2013 i knew after i finished my second affiliation at NYU. so the second uh, affiliation is usually orthopedic and i had this weird feeling coming into school i was like i know i want to be in orthopedics I finished my second uh, rotation. I was like, I know I want to be in orthopedics. I know I want to be either involved in somebody's practice as like an administrator to help guide that process. Mm-hmm. And, I was, and I was like, wherever that goes, wherever it goes, wherever it goes. Um, or I either want to be running the show. And you know, Rena and I were talking uh, in my third year, cause in our third year, there's a business plan class where you put together a business plan you you know you do a lot of the market research and appraising and figuring out what your niche is (coughs) and rena and i sat down we were like okay how can we like what can we do to just start because obviously we're not going to be able to start an empire in one day Mm -hmm. uh and this so 2013 when i graduated that this it was when crossfit was like on on its way to its peak Kelly Starette was crushing it out on out in San Francisco on the West Coast, and when we had done our our market research, uh, there was no there were no physical therapists that were positioned in any CrossFit boxes in New York no. City no. out of like what like anywhere from ten to fifteen boxes at the time, mm-hmm. and so Incredible. our goal was like okay, well, like. Let's let's get in. Let's step into the niche. Uh, you know, I just need to pass my boards, and you know, let's start figuring out how this goes. So, hmm. we went on Google, found every single CrossFit box in Manhattan and in Queens because I was living in Astoria. You were in Hoboken, still so, right? Or no, up uh, Harlem. Harlem. Uh, so we were like, okay, well, where do we go? And I remember walking into my first CrossFit box uh, on the Upper East Side. I believe it was CrossFit Metropolis, hmm. and I was like. Bright-eyed, fresh new grad, like, hey, do you guys need a physical therapist on staff? (laughs) And uh, so, sorry for the Rick and Morty. No, no, no. Um, (laughs) Love the reference. Oh Uh, uh, jeez. So, like, walk in. I'm like, hey, oh, you need a physical therapist on staff? (laughs) And one of the coaches looked at me and was like. Wait, are we allowed to curse on here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Oh, yeah, 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 the coach yeah. looked at me and was just like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no so I walked out, and, and uh, I remember texting Reena afterwards. And I was like, "Wow, that sucked. That was terrible." <laughs> mm. And so it ended up being, and ze- both of us had zero experience in in any sort of business or marketing or branding, and it turned into a crash course in like figuring out how to pitch uh-huh. and like how to how to offer our services. And, you know, one of the biggest themes that came up for us was that nobody knows what we do in the first place. Um, So literally after going through 12, like 10 or 12 boxes in New York City, um, I remember walking into the doors of CrossFit Concrete Jungle when they used to be on 94th and 3rd or something like that. And... I was like, hey, is the owner around? And one of the guys was like, yeah, he's not in until later. So I was like, all right, great. I'll just swing in after at the end of my shift. So I came in before the gym closed, walked up to the owner. His name is Sean Wright. And I was like, hey. No, um, and it, we learned how to – what's that? Do you know? <laughs> no, I
2: know Sean. A, I'll, yeah. Oh, you know, I know Sean. Oh, yeah. shit. That's so That's funny. funny. Yeah. World?
3: Small world. <laughs> um, so I came in and, like, it was like I knew exactly what to expect. Like the pitch was – it wasn't perfected, but – I didn't come in like, oh, I'm a physical therapist. I was like, hey, you know, uh, can I talk to you for a minute about, you know, any injuries that your athletes are dealing with? What's your injury rates? What's the average time that your athletes take when they're, um, you know, when they're injured? And he's like, oh, well, we get a lot of shoulder injuries, blah, blah, blah. Uh, shoulder injuries, um, you know, mostly lower back. I was like, okay, well, what if I told you I could help with that? And he was like, okay I'm interested and I was like oh I'm a physical therapist Uh, I just finished school but I've done a lot of uh, I've done a lot of stuff in orthopedics already and he was like oh yeah I've I've had really good experience with physical therapists he's like you know come hang out and so cool dude man he's a really Sean is a
2: cool (laughs) he's
3: a character I love him Uh, Sean Um, if you're hearing (laughs)
2: <laughs> War Eagle, um, Puff Daddy. We have a, there's a whole story about how I'm Puff Daddy. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll explain. Oh, it. Man. Yes. So,
3: well, even better. Um, so we came around and there, uh, we found that there was a CrossFit gym just down the street from us in Astoria, and so CrossFit Dynamics at the time was also like in their peak too, sending uh, teams to the games and stuff, and a couple of athletes. And we had walked in and the owners were like, yeah, we love physical therapists, like mm. giving sim- a similar a similar pitch. And so it took like 10 tries of just fucking up over and over and over. And I was like, mm-hmm. God, this is the worst. But I like I don't see myself doing anything else. Right, right. Um, and so like the, the lessons between and themes like, oh, well, nobody knows what we do. Um, I just need to figure this out. Like even if it's even if I screw up or even if it's, you know, not the right fit or the right timing which is what now it's like everybody and their mother has a crossfit or has a pt in their gym yes yep. yes and yes, so yeah. Reed and I are like definitely ahead of the trend <laughs> um, cool. so uh but regardless like those the lessons that we picked up there and uh you know how we turn those into the visions for what we want for our practice and you know exactly why you brought us on today is we think that pt needs to take an extra step uh and there's almost like it's almost like an evolution um and and we can get more into that too but the way that we see it is uh i think there's there's just a box and there's a there's a pigeonhole that most people put pts in and we actually don't refer to ourselves as physios anymore Uh, because because there's there's you know the insurance issue and Again, like when people put you into that insurance box, it almost like prices you out of p- giving, you like have using the out of pocket slash cash option. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, Chante, uh, the movement maestro, talks about like uh, like lowest bidder stuff through insurance. Um, you know, and uh, it's a it's an amazing post. She just loves to blow the lid off stuff. Mm-hmm. I, um, but I was talking with my business coach yesterday, and. She dropped this bomb, and it's, I had to ask her to repeat it like three times, and it <laughs> didn't hit. And she goes, so basically, and she, we, had, we had talked about insurance, why we don't accept insurance and match fit performance. Um, and she, I didn't tell you, I didn't get to tell you this. You told me a we, little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> she looked at me and she goes, well, so you're, what it sounds like is if you have to take insurance and you have to be in network, um, you're basically just depending on insurance companies to keep you open. Oh. And I was like, "Wait a second! Say that again!" And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like "Holy crap! Yeah. She, like, hit it, hit it nail on the head, right?" So if yeah. you took the insurance companies away, and a lot of these companies uh, and a lot of these practices kept their doors open, people would be like, "Oh, I have to! P- you're billing my insurance company this, and now you're going to bill me this, and I'm getting this qu- this amount of service? Right. Like, this is trash." Hot basura. So, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> um, and what's so frustrating and so crazy is that uh, I th- there's an infographic. I think we've, I think you posted it or I've seen it around. Mm-hmm. Uh, insurance premiums have increased like three times, to- almost three times in oh, the past, yeah. like twelve to fifteen Big years. Ones, yeah. So you're paying. What are you paying three times more for the same crap service? Less, what? probably. Or, less. Yeah, <laughs> less.
0: <laughs> because there's more now. There's more of those stupid limitations that yeah, they're – for a PT, in, at least, right. in terms of network billing. And so there's less and less for us to be able to do because we can't even get reimbursed for it and or the person can't even come in because mm-hmm. of authorization and all that shit. So, yeah. Um, and things keep going up. So it makes no sense. It makes absolutely a, no sense.
2: But a whole career – you just – that was a great line, though, because, I mean – I always say this that you know a lot of PTs should know that their <coughs> careers are being controlled by other entities, whether it's mm-hmm. an insurance company, hospital mm-hmm. organizations, which are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's crazy. So they go, you're, you're you know you basically work for them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. if.
3: Yeah. And your control, and you know, now that probably I would say the only best thing that Trump has done, making hospitals disclose all their fees. Um, I mm-hmm. was looking at, I saw this link to this random hospital in like, Ohio, Florida. Yeah, Ohio was one, Florida. I think it was like somewhere, not like maybe Ocala. I don't know, like middle of nowhere, Florida. Sorry if you live in Ocala, <laughs> um, <laughs> but the they were charging like six to seven fifty for an. In uh, or an inpatient eval. Oh. So like get, up, get Turn. up. Can you get up? Can you <laughs> up can That's, you like, ten That's oh. like ten
0: minutes. It's like ten minutes. You spend wow. all,
3: Well, you spend more than ten minutes, and then yeah, just talk totally about right. documentation <laughs> with yeah, all right. the yeah. crap documentation systems. Crap um, documentation. So yeah, like there's That's there's nice. stuff that needs to change. And again, like when it comes back to insurance and and lowest bidder, and it's it's something that. It almost like triggers me when people are like, oh, do you take insurance? And I'm like, "Ah, no. No. "Um, no." no. Read this. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and having that discussion with these these potential clients where I'm like, listen, you know, if you want to pay $20 for a session, like you're going to get $20 worth of treatment. Uh, Not even. Uh, And if you even pay attention to your... Uh, if you pay attention to your explanation of benefits, your EOBs, uh, you're going to find out that they're billing a lot more than what you're paying. Right. And one of my one of my big light bulb moments. To, so, in, in, on that vein, um, uh, one of my jobs I won't say which job. Um, the I had a, a client who was coming in end plan of care hamstring strain. Uh, she was already like on her way feeling better super great all we were doing was like we were loading her hamstring all of it was just like getting her ready to return to running Mm -hmm. and we had maybe had five or six sessions i was only telling her to come in like once maybe twice a week and uh so this was a high volume clinic here in the city and she emailed me one day and it was this furious email and i am you know i didn't gleam anything from the subject and i read the thing and she's like why am i getting billed for manual therapy and i was like oh Oh. so this is this is also so this was 2000 uh like end 2013 beginning 2014 uh everybody's supposed to be making that transition into emr uh we were still on paper so uh, i was writing all of my notes and being super diligent. I was like, okay, well, you know, 971... Uh, 97110, 97112, two units of each. Right. So, man, uh, not manual, sorry. Um, therapeutic exercise, neuro And she's like, well, I got billed for manual therapy. I was like, I'm sorry. Uh, I write the notes, but I don't bill. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, like, let me connect you with our office manager. She can definitely answer your questions. Like, I'm really sorry, because that's not what I wrote on my notes. Mm-hmm. So, she goes to the... she had to talk to the office manager and i ended up getting in trouble because they had to refund the woman money because you know they because they misbilled her right. um what's it called they misbilled her insurance right. and so hey, like, i don't think they misbilled but uh, no. yeah, that was <laughs> the wait, explanation wait, right, to right, me and you, like got you, got you got know you. the bl- the onus falls on me because i didn't do my documentation Correct. right and i know exactly what of i course, wrote on those right. notes so it's like it's that was like one of the big turning points and it's one of our core values with our practice is to make sure that everything is, like, we treat with integrity and we treat with transpa- with transparency. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get what you pay for. Like, if you want to go to a dealership and you you walk into, like, an Audi dealership in Midtown, you're like, hey, I want that S4. I'll pay you $30,000 for it. The guy's <laughs> going to laugh you out. A dealer The dealers are going to laugh you out of right, the office. Of, course. Um, of the Of the dealership. So, mm-hmm. you know, why and the way that we try to pitch ourselves and position ourselves in uh, in in healthcare and in fitness is, you know, if you want to if you want to pay for what you're getting, then you're going to get it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, sure, you might be able to pay $20 per session and maybe get you from A to B and then maybe end up back at po- square A point <laughs> A like right. shortly yeah. after.
0: So. I think it, I think it's even riskier than that though. <laughs> like if they go to um, that that the quote less expensive option and they're going in network they could be seeing someone who is giving them misinformation and or just completely lethargic and or just very burned out and then they'll continue on some other road where it may lead them to surgery or lead them to injections lead them to medication whatever it is and then mm-hmm. they're all going down a, a, a brand new road of bad disability and an injury so it's I think that's like one of our main things is if you're if you're getting to someone who's going to sit down with you and kind of bring forth all everything that is is available like evidence, experience, athleticism, anything like that like at least in orthopedics, musculoskeletal care, then the likelihood of that happening in terms of leading them in the wrong direction is going to be way less. And yeah, it's going to cause. I mean, I, I when I went through my neck injury. It cost me a pretty penny, but I only saw the guy three times, right. and I'm a hundred percent better. It's mm-hmm. a pretty I, penny, though. A pr- I, it will, uh, I shouldn't say pretty penny. It, the, you want to go over the prices yeah. that they were doing? So they gave me a deal because they were. Uh, this was a former professor of mine. They usually charge about five eighty per. Uh, I think that was for the eval, and I think it was three fifty for the follow-ups. Um, so yeah. they gave me a going rate, I think, of two fifty for each. Um, exactly. So. Deal.
1: You yeah, it. no, I mean, I guess yeah.
0: I say that because, like, the mindset of it. But you're right. Sure. It, it's not. So it it nice. wasn't. So yeah. 250 yeah. times 3, uh, 750, if my, if my <laughs> math is correct. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible <laughs> at numbers. Yeah, <laughs> 750. So under $1,000, I I got the uh, adequate information, and I got the appropriate treatment, and I got a plan, an action plan for myself to do to get me to the 100% that I wanted. Now I'm back to co- competitive jujitsu. And I'm definitely not in any more pain. I don't have any more weakness, um, and I, I could. They, my my primary doctor wanted me to see neurologist right away. They're like, "It's probably you're probably gonna have surgery," and I was like, uh, "Not really. No. You know? <laughs> I don't need surgery." But, um, but yeah. So I think
2: that's like the main thing is. Yeah, it's a perception thing, like you just said that you're trying to break, and um, I think it's up to us right now, like. This podcast itself, I'm really trying to change the perception of you know, it, physical therapy isn't always it isn't in, always in your best interest to think about the, the lowest bidder. Um, it's your body. You have one of them. I mean, it's it's the biggest investment you can make in your life. So yeah, I think um, when you bring it th- break it down to that, I think you shared a post with me. It might have been your post about uh, you sending a video saying to all new grads, just do the math. Yeah, of your yeah. salary. That's right. That was you. Let me. T- that was. That
3: was me. Yeah.
2: That was great. The day one, I had a hard time because <laughs> I, I was training before I was a therapist, and I, I i tell people this that knew me, I'm like, I took a pay cut to become a physical therapist to initially, and um and you know, I always had in the back of my mind like, this is crazy, and I knew what wow. they were charged. You know, quickly, I think within six months. I started asking people from billing and I started doing the numbers and I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't, this doesn't really equate, but this is something for all of um, our listeners and and viewers. Um, I'll I'll pass it back on to you. The simple math equation of uh, (laughs) salary versus hours worked. Oh my
3: gosh. I mean, all you have to do is, so, you know, as a new grad, you know, you're getting paid for technically, what, 40 hours of week, so 80 hours, right, per paycheck. And if you take whatever you're making, so, I don't know, anywhere from two to $4,000, and you divide that by 80, it's clearly your hourly rate. Right. Mm-hmm. So Not
2: including taxes.
3: And that's not including, <laughs> that's not including
4: right. taxes. That's not including <clears throat> documentation time. Oh, yeah. Right. documentation. T-
3: yeah. yeah, not 80. So. It's probably like 95.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. right. absolutely.
3: And so, like, now, you know, when you look at that number, And you sit there and you're like, okay, this is, you know, as especially when we come into the profession or the reason we even go into school is to help people. We want to do the right thing. We want to be we want to serve with integrity. We want to serve with transparency. We want to help. We want to see people grow and succeed Uh, um, unless you are. Not in that boat, and then I don't know how you made it into PT Correct. school. To Why be honest. get into another career? Right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I always say that go swim with the sharks in Wall Street, <laughs> like, honestly. Right? Um, but the not, not that there's anything wrong with finance. But um, <laughs> the so yeah, it it comes down to like valuing ourselves, um, and like sure, it's uh, you know some people might disagree, especially with millennials. Like everybody's so focused on monetary value, and um, but our time is super valuable, right? Uh, and there's what, th- what's that stat from like new grad PT or something like the average lifespan of a physical therapist is like less than a, like an NFL linebacker. It's like four to five years or something. Yeah. I don't know, I know if I, know, I, I don't know if I'm, misquo- if I'm, I might be misquoting it, but like, see, uh, it. it's, it's wild. Uh, and the fact that all of our colleagues at some point, have experienced some sort of burnout within the first two to three years of, pr- of practicing is yeah. is a really telltale sign. So you know there has to be so much more um, that needs to change, like cultural wise. Please interrupt me. I know you want to say. <laughs> yeah. I know you want to jump in. Not yet. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, there has there there are so many things that need to change culture wise, and like you know I I had friends that went into med school like best friends from high school that were like, oh yeah, I'm going to med school. I was like, great, I'm, I'll be with you, but I'm gonna be out a little bit earlier practicing. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of my buddies who's like PGY2, PGY3 was like, man, I'm depressed. He's like, they work with me like a dog. I was like, what are you getting paid? He was at um, uh, University of Maryland and um, he was getting paid like 50,000 50, a year to work Whoa. like 12 something hour shifts, like no, four, three to four shifts. This is a doctor, right? Yeah, he's a doctor. Man. Um, he's moving to GP, I think. Rich, Rich yeah. Chang, what up? If you're watching, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But he was like, "I'm depressed." He's like, yeah. "I hate this," and no, I was I'm like, not. "I was like, well, you know, what's your plan?" He's like, "Well, I got. I'm already a PGY three. Like, I might as well just surf, finish the finish it." Right. And I was like, "That's crazy." I, you know, I'm, I, f- I felt bad for a moment, but also like, you know, this there's so much of this onus and this, like, debt, not even just financial, but, like, emotional, physical debt that we get placed on our shoulders mm-hmm. to go and help people. Like, yes. going to a private uh, a private school for secondary education is not cheap. Mm-hmm. And we come out to go and serve people, and, like, one of my biggest pet peeves, and it fucking pisses me off, is, like, when practitioners go out to start their own business, um, and a lot of these bigger practices are just so focused on, bottom dollar that like i get it you have to pay for your you know a big beautiful space especially here in new york city like real estate is not cheap right mm. um you have to pay for that you have to pay for the people that staff the um the staff the front desk you have to pay your your practitioners but the only people that are really laughing at the end of the day or really like enjoying it at the end of the day are the people at the top of that food chain yes. um so like you know, again, and like when you check your paycheck, and when you check your colleagues' paychecks, in uh, even talking with potential people that were earmarked for, um, and you can definitely speak to this too, that were earmarked for supervi- supervision, or sorry, supervisor slash like admin, higher positions, whatever in the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were expected to take on admin duties and see more patients. Right. So what is that? Mm-hmm. Like you don't get valued at all. It's
2: an industry yeah. norm. It sounds like an industry it norm. <laughs> it is for
4: sure. I one of my brother. I have three older brothers, so the youngest of the three is a physical therapist in New Jersey. Mm. He is a clinical director for, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? Kessler, mm, so so one big. of the outpatient um, clinics. Mm-hmm. And he actually, when he was considering interviewing for the role, he we were out to dinner or lunch or something. We were celebrating something. And Erwin and I had already started working with MatchFit, deciding how we were going to go about it, what we were charging our clients and figuring out next steps, coming up with our five-year, 10-year plan. And my brother comes in and says, oh, yeah, I'm going to interview to be clinical director for... The location that I work at said, "Oh, that's great. How much are you asking?" And his number was so low <laughs> that both of us had to be like, "Dude, you better be asking for six figures if mm. that's what they're expecting you to do."
0: At Kessler, yeah,
4: and, and uh, like a huge place, and so he. Um, I mean, I, I assume I didn't ask exactly what he was offered after that, but I assume he negotiated good benefits and things like that. I mean, he's able to get married this year, so I guess he's doing okay. But, <laughs> but he's
2: working 40 hours. So. But he's, he, he maybe. works way yeah.
4: more than 40 hours. Yeah. He, it, like every time I get to go visit home, and actually on top of that, he's doing part time in a hospital. So he's been doing that since he graduated. Awesome. Yeah. That's and amazing. so, yeah. <laughs> um, he, every time I talk to him, he's dead tired. Every time I speak to my mom, she says, I don't even talk to your brother anymore because mm. he gets home and he goes straight to bed and I don't even get to talk to him. God. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's definitely an industry norm, I would say, which sucks. Like,
2: why <laughs> yes. is that the industry norm? That's it, called, shouldn't uh, so it,
3: shouldn't it shouldn't be. So, it's basically unhealthy
2: leaders, right? right. You got a, a clinical yeah. director, he has to have some. Some level of experience, some level of technical knowledge, some passion of what he's doing, and he's gonna, he's burning himself. He's not healthy, obviously. Yeah. I mean, no offense to your brother, but no. you know what I mean now. Oh. No, it's, we, it's we well, tell, we tell him that too. we tell him all the time, mm-hmm. like, he
4: needs to, he Healthcare needs to take more breaks. He needs to, um, you know, self care. And we've, we've had to do a lot of our own, um, a lot of, What's the word I'm looking for? Self-development. Self-care. Not, not a, Well, yeah, self-care, self-development, but also like taking a really deep look into yourself and looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, is this really what you want to be doing yeah. for the rest of your life? And so we've had a lot of those discussions with ourselves. Big one. That's huge. That's <laughs> yeah. And right. I think I think we're getting to the point now where we're like, it's stressful, but yeah. I love to do was, what I'm doing. Those mm-hmm. conversations
3: suck they, they initially <laughs> sucked. Um and you know, a lot of it was initial fear. It's and it's for oh. most people it's a fear, right? Yeah. When you sit down you're like, Oh, this is great and for me, like I got out of school, like I got landed my first job and I was getting so I think entry level pay in two thousand thirteen was like 65 or something like that I was making 70 out of school and I was like yeah I'm rolling in the (laughs) (laughs) dough this is my first paycheck like balling out Uh, Um, uh, yeah I was like yeah right and then so like balling out it's great and then you know six months in I'm like what am I doing and and I had to like sit and kind of like uh, have this like very awkward self appraisal and like well okay this is what I'm making per hour and I was like First, there was like, what, "What's like the seven steps?" You're like angry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like fucking pissed off, and then I was like, "All right, well, you know, like what was it? Like rationalizing, I'm, I'm the rationalizing, yeah, Like <laughs> this is where this is, you know, like I I deal with this." Um, and then afterwards, I you know, I ended up getting fired from that job. Actually, that's a, sto- that's a long story. That's a long story. Could potentially be a good one. Um, but uh it ended up being a blessing cuz i was like it ended up putting me in, uh, along this path where i ended up at uh Be Fit physical therapy uh it was run by two fellow NYU alum they're based out of times square wonderful one-on-one 45 minute treats and they run their they basically are still like a startup as well where uh, the therapist wears all of the hats mm-hmm. and so it was one of my goals to you know start putting in you know rena's goals too is to start putting together the tool set and the skill set to eventually jump off and do our own thing mm-hmm. so i learned how to call for benefits and patiently patiently is subjective Ooh. patiently wait that to get is, benefits is on the a phone nice word to say and but, yeah. uh, you know yell into the phone and like really curse off the automated system and, <laughs> and um you know fight with people from india and the philippines yes and uh And then, you know, (laughs) and then figure out, you know, where the admin hat, like, all right, you know, end up having to sell people on coming in for the eval. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, a lot of that process that we had learned from Brian and Erica, who were were so awesome and they were super helpful. um, Yeah, they, like, it, like, led us down that path. So, um, yeah, but going back to that, those initial conversations with me and you, it was just like, what do I want to be struggling? Do I do I expect to see like this amount of clients and like do all of the manual therapy in ten years? Like I was like, oh my hands are my hands are sore. Like I'm tired. Yeah. Um, I'm tired every day. I'm burned out. I am frustrated with the clientele that I'm seeing. And there's so much. Again, it comes down to the culture, um, just in general, of the way that we value ourselves and the way that we value our clients. Because when it comes down to it, if we're not valuing the client. Um, and we're not doing everything we can to get the client better and send them off with tools to manage on their own Um, because what we say to our clients is, my job is to make you not need me as a physio, but to need me as a a sports performance coach, as a strength and conditioning coach uh, or as a personal trainer I guess, if you Mm want to say that Um, because again, like when we make people dependent on us and we've talked about those narratives, I know Jordan was on talking Mm -hmm. about like BPS stuff with y'all like It's it's irresponsible, and the way the way that a lot of the medical industry is set up right now is just so focused on like, oh well, you know, when you run, your knee drops in like this. (laughs) You keep (laughs) running like that, Um, and all the fear-based stuff is is, it's it sucks. I've done I've done it, and we all done it. We all that's all we we do. do. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So here I I would so uh, two questions. One um, when you guys did the talk at uh, the Columbia DPT program. It was about branding and also about business development. Mm-hmm. Did you guys dive into any of this in terms of like, do you see uh, you want to figure out what you want to do, mm-hmm. and then in terms of reality of like, especially you know, we're only really speaking about musculoskeletal care, orthopedics. Like, mm-hmm. it's I think it's slightly different for neural care and things like that. But um, did you guys do that? Did you guys dive into it a little bit with the uh, the students?
4: Yeah, we did. We did a little bit. So one of the the three, I guess sections pillars I don't really know what to call them Mm -hmm. Uh, when we when we talk about branding is uh, looking at your vision so um, I Erwin I don't even know where you got this analogy the story that came with this but Mm. when you're creating your vision if you were to it needs to be so clear and so precise that if you were to go if you were to walk outside on the street and get hit by a car and die that somebody would be able to pick it up right where you left off oh. and so that so first is vision the second is goals and so i went into a little process of how i like to design my goals mm-hmm. and so what i usually do and i sit down probably about every six months to kind of write out and see where I'm at and Mm. figure out what else I need to do. But I'll start with a big overarching goal might seem a little lofty, but um, it's usually pretty realistic. So for example, um, I guess last year, maybe the year before I wanted to sit for get my SCS cert. And so overarching goal is to get your SCS cert. Mm. And then you Make little branches, or you make a list of what hurdles you need to overcome to get to that goal. And they can be actual hurdles, or they could be mental hurdles. So, mm-hmm. actual hurdles were I didn't have the um, the clinical experience. So you need for I think all of the specialty certs you need two thousand contact hours with that population. Yeah. Um, for sports specifically, you need a hundred hours of venue coverage, and at least fifty of those have to be with a contact sport, full contact. So, um, I feel like when it comes to becoming a sports specialist, that's kind of where people falter. They're like, where the heck do I get Hmm. full contact hours? Because, and that, I think that was a, that was an additional um, requirement that they added in pretty recently, maybe within Hmm. the past two or three cycles.
3: It it started in my cycle.
4: Okay. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, So those are those are some physical hurdles, but some mental hurdles were that I would get really anxious under stress or if I had to be performing at at a high level, whether that's in athletics or just, you know, like test taking. Mm -hmm. So um, branching off of those obstacles, you come up with your small, actionable steps that you can take towards those obstacles. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was obviously just getting reps in was Mm. the biggest one. Mm -hmm. So um, we had connections to a couple teams, our full contact sport was rugby, oh, nice. which That's was really con- fun That's to cover. Full contact, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one very, of my favorite sports. It's yeah. very fun, very fun to watch, really fun to cover. The yeah. team that we've been with now, they're the Gotham Knights Rugby Football Club. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they've been amazing, and we sideline coverage is
3: a nightmare. I could yeah, yeah, there's you a lot going on. Rugby. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. There's You're basically a, just hoping somebody's not dead at the end of the <laughs> yeah, and like, then when they get up, because they usually get out of the ruck and they like take like. Twenty seconds to get up. Sometimes you're oh. like, "Oh, get up, get up, get up, get up." Okay, it's oh. really, <laughs> draining. It's really yeah. mentally draining. It's one of the funnest yeah. sports ever. It's really hard fun. To sport cover.
4: extremely <laughs> mentally draining. You have to be on for the full eighty minutes because uh. if you miss one little thing, then that's it like you're you're racing out onto the field and mm. what's also actually really cool it's it's one of the only sports that physios can just run out onto the field at any time yeah. mm. so it's like a war zone yeah. there <laughs> like, <is> <laughs> a, <laughs> there's <laughs> like a play or a rut going on
3: and you <laughs> like run out onto the field like it'll you know, continue to play and they'll continue, and they'll continue to play, play. obviously if the ref sees that the play is coming close they'll stop play but okay. you know there's been you know plenty of times where you know there's been a head injury on the field or somebody's lying on the field and you know, have to run out. Like, so Rena and I usually are running double coverage. And so if there's one injury, sometimes there's usually a second. And so both of us are like sprinting out onto the field at the same time to like two separate things. And, oh, yeah. you know, like talking about performing under anxiety, it's like, uh, I remember, what was that? The game against Greenwich. Um, there was like two separate, like from one tackle, there was some new kid on this other team that ran in headfirst into a tackle which is obviously a no-go right and so he ran headfirst into a tackle headbutted one of our players and then um both of them went to ground. Uh, one of them looks unconscious. The other one. This is like an SCS test question, yeah, by right. the way. So if, you're, if you're playing for, for the SCS, one is unconscious and one one is, is alert. Unconscious, one uh-huh. is alert. Like, but your 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 player is uh, your player is alert, but the other player is unconscious. Who do you respond to? Oh, right. and so, like, you're, and
4: the other and the player on your team who is alert is severely bleeding. Yeah. Oh. So, like, so what? Ha-
3: that's exactly what happened. We like run. Um, Rina and I are both running out onto the field. Um, I run over to the player on the other team who looks like he's unconscious. He's face down. The other player on our team is up, and he's bleeding everywhere. Whew. And they're like, no, he's bleeding everywhere. And I'm like, he's on the floor face down. Like, I need to, I need to make sure <laughs> he he's He might okay. be dead. <laughs> he might be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I was Jeez. like, oh, geez. Um, so, yeah, like, running down onto the field. And, yeah, like, being able to perform under duress. Like, for me, like, yeah, Rena, I, I don't know. I think I just – I'm usually always at, like, low-key whenever it whenever it gets super hot. Uh-huh. So, I, like, it's so funny because people get so irritated when I respond to situations because I'm like, they're like, is he okay? I'm like, relax. Like, give him a minute. He needs to breathe. <laughs> and, like, in my head I'm like, oh, my God, is this person going to die? <laughs> but, like, tr- like, having that – I think I'm lucky enough to have that really steely resolve to be like, okay, you're going to be okay. Like, you know, if it's a neck injury or head injury, like – Okay, can you feel everything? Like what's you know what's going on? Take your time. Everybody's like, can we get them off the field? I'm like no, like shit. Ch- everybody do chill. Like, yeah, let me do my job. <laughs> not touch them. <laughs> <laughs> so so
4: yeah. I biggest thing for me definitely was just getting in reps, and right. that's you know with most things, the more practice you put in, the more you put yourself in those stressful situations, the less stressful they become. Mm-hmm. So that was um, again very big mental hurdle for me, um, and then the third. So we had vision, we had goals, and then um, the third pillar values was values. So really getting into the nitty-gritty of of your why, mm-hmm. why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. And so a big a lot of common themes that showed themselves when Erwin and I were going through what we value was mm-hmm. um, was again that integrity, transparency holding people accountable. So not just us, but also the people we are responsible for and being able to, what, what kind of ties in with that is being able to have those difficult conversations with yourself and with a potential client Mm -hmm. who, who maybe is not doing what they need to be doing and having that conversation with them and being okay with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely one to avoid confrontation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, it, it definitely took a lot for me and I've, I've, I hired, I've been working with a business coach for a few months now to really get through why I have these fears and reservations about either putting myself out there or acting as an authority or um, things like that. And when you become a business owner or even if you're just working on professional development and when you are in a service mm. kind of um, career that we're in and you're gonna have people who disagree with you, you're gonna have people that don't believe what you're saying or they flat out tell you that you're wrong and what they know is right and you're Mm -hmm. like, listen, I can't help you then. If you're not willing to learn and Mm -hmm. you're not willing to listen to me, then there's nothing I can really do to help you. Mm -hmm. I'll maybe refer you to a practitioner who might fit your needs better. Right, right. And so so a lot of those things came up a lot with us and also uh, I would say one of the really big ones was and Erwin alluded to it earlier but was valuing your time mm. and so we've worked a lot on establishing boundaries both with our time and with our personal and professional lives because we do spend a lot of time together <laughs> um, So
3: everybody's wondering if we're dating yes we're dating <laughs> <laughs> we've been dating since PT school uh. um, so
4: actually as of January like 5th or 6th this year, we opened up a, a home base on the Upper East Side yeah. inside of Concrete Jungle Grit, strength uh, and conditioning with Sean. Sean, with Sean. Right. Yeah. Nice. Sean's the man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what was really awesome about that? other than the obvious fact that, yes, finally we have a space and we don't, I don't have to travel around as much with a heavy backpack anymore and look like I'm hiking. Hmm. Um, but
3: There's <laughs> nothing wrong with rucking. Yeah. True, <laughs> very true. <laughs> all day, every <laughs> day. <laughs>
4: so um, what was really awesome was that we were able to draw broader boundaries in what we did at home versus what we did at work mm-hmm. because we found that all of a sudden all we talk about is work on the yeah. weekends we're going we're driving to game coverage and we're talking about work again we go home after a long work day and yeah. it's like oh how is this patient how is that patient this so- client
3: that client what should we <laughs> do about this this plan like what are we going to do about this week's social media stuff uh, we should tweak this about the website and like not drawing those boundaries just like sucked in our <laughs> relationship not not that it wasn't in a bad place but we just weren't we weren't able to shut off And so being able to set those boundaries, like, ironically enough, uh, was almost, like, liberating, even though it's, like, constraining. Um, So, like, knowing that, okay, we have a business meeting at 10 a.m. on Wednesday. Like, if you have to talk to me about something, you can write it to me on Slack or we can talk about it on Wednesday.
4: Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So now there there are times where we'll be at home and I'll catch myself almost, like, talking about a work-related thing. And he looks at me (laughs) and I say – I'm just gonna table that for the meeting on Wednesday. <laughs> so, so then we can sit and have dinner and yeah. hang out with our dog, and it's great. And so, and, and not talk. And, <laughs> and, not, sometimes. and yeah. Sometimes, talking, sometimes we've talked so right. yeah. we talk so much yeah. that we we just end up not talking it. But it's great because yeah. we're actually spending time quality together. time together. Yeah. Instead of just work time. So. No,
0: we found the same thing. Like I, we have a practice together, my uh, fiance and I, and uh, same same thing. We kept talking about our business all the time even when we're alone and so we kind of approached it a similar way where we had set times where we would talk about it and sometimes we'll just always wait till we're in the actual space that we do treatment Mm -hmm. and to discuss and luckily we do have time to do that um but what i find interesting is is the these these classes and these presentations are happening in school now when we graduated in 2010 business of pt was like all right the most optimal way to have a business is see 2.5 patients an hour mm-hmm. up to three. Dah, 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 dah. And me- I mean, the option of a network never was discussed, the option never. of cash was never discussed. So, this is fascinating to me. It's like, do you guys find that there's more exposure now for new grads to business practices like yourselves and some shift in the mind of students? They're open to it. Do you guys find there's A lot of people coming up to you, asking more questions, being really interested in finding out what they can do to open up their own practice and or join a practice like that.
4: Social media has definitely opened a lot of doors Mm -hmm. in that respect. I would say Almost to a fault. Almost to a fault for sure. I Mm. I would say a lot of students kinda get to their third year and they see they see Shantae, they see the prehab guys, they see some of these big bigger names in the cash based world. And they think it's going to be easy, right? Oh, well, that's and yeah. social media <laughs> makes it look really easy. And social media people post the highlights; and never post the yeah. the, the low, the low, <laughs> <light>. the low <laughs> light. The Yeah, that was uh, one of my. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go no ahead. worries. Um, so we we do have that discussion, mm-hmm. and we t- we tell them like, listen, it's took us it's taken us six years to get to this point, and we started doing the research before we I guess we started before you graduated because I had been involved with CrossFit for a bit right, right. but um, I do think however that the way those classes are taught like we were brought in for an elective but the actual business classes that are still taught mm-hmm. are still kind of in that same way the every now and then they'll, they'll bring in guest speakers so last year for NYU's business practices class we gave a um, a lectures. similar we gave, we gave, two, gave two, lectures, two lectures so <clears throat> one was about branding and marketing the other was a what we- was building your website and um going through some of the material that the professor sent us while well, just to get an idea of what they had learned already By dr weaver, <laughs> dr. weaver <laughs> you're the best um it's it hasn't changed too much and it to me speaking to other students in other programs, it seems like it's still, it, it's not presented as a good option. Mm-hmm. No, it's you know? a risky. It's, it's, it's mean, risky.
2: It, yeah. It's a risky thing, but it's like, you know, yeah. risk-reward. Always. But the, I think we were taught, almost almost going back 10 years, a lot of our greatest, you know, some great professors were, you know, the typical route was to go to a hospital. Mm-hmm. And then we were advised by a couple of outpatient <laughs> Doctor, we told us mm-hmm. we really want orthopedics. Just go right, you know. Just go in it. Just go she in it. And um, yep. but it's crazy how that perception. I mean, we've been approached by many new grads. I think throughout the years, or yeah. so, even in the fills, and the mindset of, um, like you just said, it's it easy. I mean, it's it's, it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the, it's you know, definitely not it's easy. It's not. <laughs> but at the on the flip side of it, the flexibility to choose, you know, create what you, whatever you want to create yeah. mm-hmm. and set set the value system that you believe in as opposed to quietly hating your employer or right. or maybe not so quietly hating your <laughs> employer yeah, but um, no, but it's right. great that and what what are some of those challenges i think that was one of my questions what are the challenges some challenges in starting your own practice um yeah some of the challenges that you guys initially may have faced i mean you mentioned a couple yeah um just kind of i don't want to say cold calling but
3: pitching yourself was mm-hmm. uh, learning to pitch was huge um Actually, this, this is also in line with uh, a lot of the stuff. So we got invited to speak at the NYPTA Special Student Interest Group, right. um, and we spoke on a panel about small business mm. and a lot. You know, a lot of those big things. Like one of the first hurdles actually was uh, was overcoming fear, because cool. uh, you know it's. It's terrifying, and pe- and people are like, "Oh well, how do I know when I'm ready to start my own business?" Um, and, <laughs> you, you know, know the, and the answer is never clear, right? It's always it depends, but, uh. and so you you said it before, in a sense of it's it's really focused on uh, how risk averse you are, and so when I really sat down and I had my you know my weekly almost semi daily self talk, uh, I was like, "All right, well." When we finish, when I fin- how old was I? Like twenty five, twenty six. So I finished school like twenty five, twenty six. Um, you know, uh, this is my goal. I want to be either being an ad. I want to be an admin, or I want to be running somebody's practice. Uh, and when we had started like hashing out everything uh, from starting that side hustle, uh, starting with pitching to gyms, uh, it it ended. Up, I ended up having to ask the question like, okay, well, what? what is like what what's the fear what why am i afraid and you know i was like okay well i have six figures of student debt okay one uh is that going to go anywhere immediately probably not Mm. unless i hit the lotto or unless this practice like blows up huge and so uh my risk adversity uh, is for me i was like well what what am i afraid of and gary v puts it he had this one post that kind of just like literally swung the pendulum in the other direction Mm. where uh, the long the long of the short was he's like you could die tomorrow mm-hmm. and I was like shit if I die tomorrow like you know what do I die with you know six figures of debt in my name and I'm PT an <laughs> school and everyone's kind of a nice guy so <laughs> like cool <all> right. <laughs> um, so kind of, but then kind of. like you know and having that like that onward thought is like okay well what do I want to do with that like and then trying to harness that fear and just be like alright well you know, what's the worst that happens? And overcoming that fear was like, all right, well, you know, if we start this practice and it tanks, what's the worst that happens? We go back to working full time and Same like place. recoup, yeah. right? Uh, and then we start match fit 2.0. Mm. So uh, a lot of it is fear and just like getting over that, getting that first step in. Um, and we talked about the students at um, NYU and at Columbia with it uh, and at the special interest group, like just start researching and start figuring out what your goals and your vision and your passion is. Cause like, if you really enjoy it, like it's not really, you don't really think twice about it. You might end up like staying up till 2am, like trying to research your market, figure out, figure out how it might feasibly work. Um, cause there's so much, there's so much in social media. There's so many things that are really propping up to help small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not it's like, venture capital like or even your your support network and your other colleagues that are like um, that are like us like people in in our networks that are willing to support each other and provide any sort of info that you that we can to help each other succeed because you know our whole long-term vision is reframing and restructuring the the health and fitness healthcare and fitness industry and it's not going to change um, it's not going to change quickly unless insurance magically disappears mm-hmm. and if these big companies decide to like change the way their models work but that's not going to happen so the best way to do it is and i'm you know i've had discussions with people about how cash pt is not going to solve the problem mm-hmm. but i and and i agree but it's it's going to start changing people's minds eventually so very cool fear is one yeah. um what i can
4: I Is mean, all, a lot. A lot of the hurdles that we had to overcome were based in fear. Yep. So, um, with the with the crash crash course in pitching, it's it's kind of that fear of rejection. Like, what if this person says no? Okay, well, ten people said no. We finally got two people to say yes. So That's all you great, <laughs> great. We got it. Yeah. Um, every time you have a potential client, you're you're selling, and selling has this poor this negative connotation that everyone's like oh selling is sleazy i don't want to be that person that's just not me i'm just not good at sales but if you reframe sales as educating and empowering the person in front of you to make their own decision right? that's all sales is right and if they want to work with you great if they don't that's fine too because at the end
3: of the day you're not putting a gun to the person's head and telling them to buy your service right Mm. Um, it's a choice because it's a choice and sometimes and it sucks right because like when we started out of working out of uh, did you ever go to the concrete jungle when it was and they were on ninety four? I have never been there I ran into Sean in the street somewhere I mean
2: the way I know Sean is he used to work at um, New York Sports Club as a sales (coughs) as a gym membership Guy, and i was a trainer I could totally see uh, and yeah. he, he was a good <laughs> he's a good salesman he's a great salesman yeah. i mean he would come and i would be training someone and he'd like see me and and he'd tell uh he was like this guy's trainer and uh he trained puff dad he told somebody i tra- trained puff daddy and, and that uh, was our little joke but um <laughs> but again he was <laughs> he was uh <laughs> he funny. was always into work i mean yeah. it was a quick transition i think he was a, it was in track yeah he mm-hmm. ran mm-hmm. track at track auburn athlete. Yep. Wordham. But great guy, Sean. Uh, I'm glad to hear you're doing well. He's
3: got a great... Killing p- it. Yeah. You, you, you two have to, definitely have to yeah. stop by. Yeah. Yeah. very cool, man. Um, yeah, like reaching him and um, we started... So they had this like... I don't know how big it was. It was a pretty big space on 94th Street. And there was no private room. Mm-hmm. So there was like a shoe room on the other side. And I was like, hell no, I'm not setting up my table in there. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> so sure. I, we started... Um, Started from the bottom, I ch- we charged ninety ninety dollars for an hour, wow. uh, cash, and it was uh, and so be- the way that we got around uh, direct access laws, new grads pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I made people go to their doctors and get a referral. Nice. So I was like, "Go get a referral, then you can come to me." Smart. And it was it was good. It it almost worked in our favor initially because those people were willing to go that extra step, right? So. Um, you know, the price point at that point was great, right? Because I was like, oh, $90. Like, it's less than a massage. And yeah, I like right. was seething inside when people would say that. <laughs> oh, um, not, nothing against LMTs, but... Um, so they, you know, they... We and then it took that, it took a time, it took time and a process. So it was like, oh, great, we have, you know, we have beer money or like we have going out money and now we have grocery (laughs) money. Now that we drink much beer, um, and so you know, 90 turned into 120, turned into 150, turned into 200, 250, 300. So, like, uh, the our ability and our confidence to be able to say, uh, and and fail repeatedly and like. Be comfortable with having people say, like, oh, that's too much for me. And be like, okay, well, we're probably not the best fit for you. So if you're looking for something, like, here's a list of my colleagues. Like, I'd rather you go see them, and, you know, that's fine. Uh, because, again, like, we have, and we end up having people, like, critically appraise, like, you know, what they think they're getting out of things. And uh, most people are like, oh, you offer a great service, but I'm not going to pay you. I'm like, okay, well, then what's the issue here? You know, so they're like, oh, well, it's a lot of money. And like, well, if you value your health, like I can help you get there. Health is obviously mm-hmm. um, So mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> yeah. And that's a great segue. And people,
4: people don't realize that until they don't have it anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately. So
2: true. It's
3: not a choice. Then
2: so, it becomes no. a necessity.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, that segue into building a really resilient mindset uh, for us, was like is huge, and it's always an ongoing process for me. And so, like, I talk about it a lot on my social media. Rena puts up with it all the time. Like, I'm just really hard on myself, yeah. and so, like, uh, like Rena would <laughs> Rena would be like rubbing my back. Like, I would take a call on on speaker, be like, oh, and we. Uh, we spent a whole process like putting together our user experience so like what that looks like from first contact to like an eval call to getting them into the office right. um, so our strengths were initially were like talking to people on the phone uh, or even like seeing them in person and then having that like energy to, to give them and they're like oh great I believe in what you do like I want to come in and uh, there were plenty of calls where Rena and I Rena would sit on speaker and just like listen to the process and people mm-hmm. would be like oh well Uh, you know, let me check my insurance. Like, I don't know if I can pay for this. And, like, there were times where we hadn't learned about it at that point, but it was just like, all right, well, I don't know what the hell to say. (laughs) Like, okay, well, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) And so now it's, you know, being comfortable and, like, owning our shit and being able to say like listen if you really want to get better like i can give you the tools but if you're not ready like we're here if you're ready like you this is my direct number blah 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 like um so like putting together like a script and like being able to remind yourself and like get yourself into the zone because like if you don't have a resilient mindset and uh you know being able to come at uh, come into the market as a business owner with an abundance mindset is huge. yes.
2: Thank you for that um, word. Yeah, yeah as mm-hmm. opposed
3: to a <clears throat> scarcity mindset. Scarcity, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. so there's many of that. There's so much of that, so much of that here. shit here in New York City. It's and insane. It is, there's so many people that are afraid of not getting a piece of the pie, and like it's so much of it. It's just infinite, really. <laughs> yeah, we're really, really lucky. Um, You're not going to see everybody in New York City no, over no. your week. <laughs> no, 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 uh, and, like, and, and <laughs>
2: no. And if you
0: tap into um, a certain uh, group of people, then They're not going to – they don't (laughs) usually go outside of that. You'll be able to kind of see the same group over and over again. But we have had these conversations over and over. But I think if there's more people, too, if they understand that, especially as new grads and they want to get into it and they want to get to the point where you guys are and have a business and they see that, then that's one less thing that they have to think about. Like they're going to have people they can treat and Mm -hmm. and work with. And the more people like yourselves who are out there, I think the less – will be towards the mindset of insurance and things like that. Yeah. I know it's like a whole nother conversation, but totally. yeah. it's, it's a huge oh, thing. But,
2: the, but having, I mean, you hit it around the head, fear and having resilient mindset because it's, you know, having your own business is like, you know, you're in the ocean and sometimes you're going with the waves,
3: you're going against it. And you die, you know, you're doing yeah. all kind
2: of crazy things to, to, to stay afloat, but having mm-hmm. a plan. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Having a plan. Having that, <laughs> well, yeah, and having that mental plan too, right? Being able to... To cope and again it comes back to mindset because like we, you have no idea how many people we've conversed with other practitioners other uh, strength and condition coaches and trainers that were terrified to have a physical therapist in their space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they were terrified to to know that we were also strength and condition coaches and yeah. were worried that their clients would want to work with us uh, yeah. if we yeah. you know if we worked on their um, you know if we helped their clients return to, return to performance Wild. and so you know the if you're yeah if you're watching this and if you're listening like that's probably the first thing like if you're worried about if you're really worried about making money like don't fucking do it stay the fuck away out of like stay away from owning a business Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um especially in our industry we should our 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 first goal should be making sure that the client gets the maximum value and then only then like if you don't lose the sight of that, then, yeah. The money will
2: like follow. That. I mean, it sounds kind of a cliche thing, but if you do focus on what you do, the money is going to – it'll follow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, again, I think it does take a bit of mindset and planning because I think a lot of um, – you could maybe you guys could relate to this, but a lot of people that get into physical therapy do have somewhat of a helping mindset. Yeah. And they think it's like a taboo thing to even talk about money, Mm -hmm. to even discuss funds or, hey, this is what I, now it's time to collect money. It's kind of weird now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I,
4: the money mindset is huge. And we, Erwin and I actually both have financial coaches as well to kind of dispel. Our beliefs about money because people people you can have a scarcity and abundance mindset about money too doesn't matter how much you actually have
3: correct Uh, so um high financial
4: gym yes Yes. i'm not getting paid for any of this by the way (laughs) 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 um financial gym is really cool actually because they um they their plan is almost like if you were to join an actual gym or work with a it's almost like we're going to a trainer.
3: Yeah. That's cool. It's yeah. very cool. So,
2: and they do they go over business stuff or personal both. They do both. both.
4: Um, we see them for our personal finances, but mm-hmm. I think eventually I would like to do ask business. them to help us with some business stuff as well. But their approach is very much like building healthy habits, changing your mindset about money.
3: Mm-hmm. It's not too far off from what we do, and like especially as healthcare professionals too, right? Because sure. like yes. you know when you when you think about it, if you don't know. You have to find somebody that knows, right? So you're Absolutely. paying for you're paying for a coach, or you know, the, and the analogy that we give to people that come to us is like, well, all right, you're in your kitchen and your sink explodes. Like, who do you call? Correct. You call like, you know, the IT guy? No, <laughs> obviously not. Right? You're calling a plumber, and, and you're, gonna hap- play,
4: you're gonna pay the plumber whatever he asks for because right. he just fixed your sink in yeah. 30 minutes because he knows
3: what's going on. So there, what's the difference between you coming to see me and paying me to help you? put everything in order uh and the same thing uh that's the same way that the financial gym rolls too and they Mm -hmm. like uh bridget uh who's my financial coach has been super helpful and like having Mm -hmm. some of the same similar difficult conversations like all right well why are you spending money on this and it's like i don't know she's like well why and then like Mm -hmm. delving deep into you know like all right well did i really need that pair of shoes or like did i really need that sweatshirt Mm -hmm. or whatever so like and you know it's it's very similar to what we do. So okay. meeting the coach and, and like going back to hurdles and like being comfortable to ask for help yes. was like one of our, in like kind of stu- like I, I did have a big ego, like especially in PT school and like getting into the, starting the business. I was like, oh, well I can figure it out. Like I can go on Google and like kind of talk to people, but hmm. uh, it also worked in, in the best ways to like connect with, connect with other practitioners and like. Um, so like Karen Litzy here in New York City and like Chris Johnson who used to work uh, in New York City and now he's out in Seattle I mm-hmm. think yeah. um, like Chris Johnson was the first person was the first physio to be like you should never charge less than $300 in New York City so we know Chris yeah, yeah. 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 and he was like he was like, "Yeah, I I usually charge for this stuff, but like, there you go." And I was like, "Sick! That's all I needed. Thank you." That's good stuff. I mean, yeah. he's he's a, an organized dude, man. Yeah, yeah, very organized. super
2: organized. <laughs> yep. We we had a couple of seminars. He actually worked for
3: a practice that we worked for for a yeah, okay New time. York sportsman. Yeah, so it was mm-hmm. cool. Was it was that cool. Through, that was through NISMAT, right? Uh He
0: it was after, after he design. he was coming from Nizmat and uh, that's where he worked with Dr. Nichols, yes. did all those uh, research articles right. and everything. But yeah, he was he was right before he worked with us. Like I don't know, maybe less than a year, less and then he went
2: year. to his own practice. And he would um, give seminars. He would give some seminars, running seminars, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, cool stuff, good stuff yeah. he puts out there. Yeah, but and
4: Karen Karen helped us a lot because she. I think she was probably the first person we knew of who did like a concierge model yes. for physical therapy. Mm-hmm. So we we asked a lot about that and how, how to determine our ideal clients. And that became a big thing because most PTs get into the profession because they want to help everybody. Mm-hmm. And they think that by Defining a niche that they're Shotgun limiting, <laughs> that right. they're it's limiting like, themselves. Birdshot yeah. everything. <laughs>
2: so. Sniper shots—the best way to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, uh, <laughs> so,
4: um, so yeah, she helped us a lot in some of those beginning stages when we were really just trying to figure stuff out. Because I think at the beginning we were just like, mo- like most people, we we're like, yeah, we'll just we'll just treat whoever comes to us and whoever <laughs> finds us. And she's like, nope, doesn't work that way. Yeah, the
0: target population. So. Yeah.
4: Um, so, yeah, she, she helped us a lot in uh, defining what match fit was going to be mm-hmm. and figuring all of that out. Actually, that
2: actually leads to one of my questions. Yeah. I see on your website definitely athletic population. Very, do you guys uh, – what are the implications, I guess? Do you guys see any non-athletes um, in your practice? Um, and if so – uh, implications with treating those two different populations obviously there's an athletic mindset that you guys deal with on a regular basis but this i guess the common just the non-athlete if you want to label that a demographic you know how how do you guys um approach that any differently than an athlete for the listeners that may not know what the difference is well, I, yeah
4: um so we we do treat um Non non athletes, right, right, right. we'll <laughs> general population, right. perhaps, mm-hmm. but really anyone who's motivated will succeed in working with us. There are certainly some things that we may have to change about the way that we treat. So obviously, with our athletes, they're looking to perform, so they kind of expect to do a lot of lifting and kettlebell work and stability work and. Um, moving towards sprints, being on the court and with some of our general population clients, we, you kind of, you kind of make it more functional. Right. Right. So, um, I had this woman, older woman in her mid fifties, probably who had had two discectomies within a very short time of each other. Mm. By the time she saw me, she was already about a year out and she um, her doctor never lifted her precautions. So oh. she had not like bent, bent lifted or twisted <laughs> oh in a year. 30, 30 <laughs> this is 40 pounds. <laughs> no, <laughs> no jug of milk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: no jugs of milk. No bro. jugs of
4: milk. And she lives on a fourth <sighs> floor walk up. I was like, How in the how, how, do you do groceries? She goes, Yeah, I do groceries. I'm like, Okay, well, that's definitely more than 10 pounds that <laughs> yeah. you're lifting. And so you, know, you have to change the way you communicate with those people. And, um, You know, I I know Erwin has some stories about some older population, older clients that he's worked with, and he asks them to pick up a kettlebell off the floor. And they say, oh, no, I can't do It's like a 10-pound kettlebell. Right. They're like, oh, no, I can't do that. Uh-huh. And then he picks up their purse from the floor. <laughs> like also pounds. 10 pounds. <laughs> 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 maybe 25. Like, maybe 25, right? And they they hold it on one shoulder. They're, they're like, oh, this hurts and that hurts. Like, uh, well, you know, we <laughs> got some things we might be able to work on here. But, um, but it's really you just change the communication in that sense. But always, 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 no matter who you're working with, making sure that you're relating it back to whatever they need to do. That's just universal. Yeah. Yes, so, yes. um,
0: super important.
4: So even if this person isn't trying to slang kettlebells around, so like at least getting them to understand like this, we're doing this so that you can pick your groceries up or we're getting, we're making you get down and roll on the floor so you can play with your grandkids.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
4: so that's, That's nothing, that's not groundbreaking. It's not new by any means, but I feel like, Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like that a lot of people, especially new grads, kind of get lost in the, um, in the techniques and the. Same been and there yeah, yeah and i have. we yeah, all yeah, yeah, we yeah we all did it we Definitely. get we get lost I'm in take the, the hell out of this person we're yeah we're yeah. gonna Just
3: check their range gonna of motion McKenzie over and over <laughs> and if it doesn't work i'm gonna try some more mckenzie stuff and i'm gonna
4: sfma everything <laughs> okay. and, right so it's crazy so yeah i mean if if there's probably one thing that i would say to a new grad um who who's probably maybe freaking out about like oh god how do i how do i treat these patients just treat every. This is another Dr. Weaverism, but treat everybody. If you treat everybody with safety and respect, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And then, um, just my little spin on that as well is just making sure that you're you're doing it for them. You're not doing it for yourself. Right. So, keeping their goals in mind and making sure that it's not what you want them to be able to right, do. It's right. something that they want to be able to do.
0: Absolutely. Now, you guys not only do you work with a lot of athletes, uh, CrossFit athletes olympic lifters powerlifters things like that but you also travel with teams or you're mm-hmm. with with multiple teams you mentioned rugby and also soccer or is...
3: uh ultimate frisbee ultimate so, frisbee okay yeah um we do sideline coverage for the gotham knights so they're a d3 rugby club mm-hmm. uh 2018 d3 champions oh, yeah. oh congrats uh, that's right. awesome <laughs> and yeah the first round of the playoffs is uh first week of march we something like that yeah. <clears throat> and then uh, we work with a pro ultimate frisbee team, oh, wow. uh, the New York Empire. Mm. Uh, so we are the sports performance directors for them. So we run everything from their sideline coverage. So we're, um, for we're their first responders there. Uh, we run their strength and conditioning, and we run their rehab.
1: Wow! So cool.
3: we've set a yeah we've fin- we've managed to finish negotiating our contract. So uh, they if they we can manage that whole return to performance. Uh, from initial injury on the field Mm. no matter if it's at practice or if it's in a game uh, we know exactly what's going on we've documented it in our internal system and then you know they come directly to us and we're we're managing their rehab and their performance that's great um so uh yeah like as far as we know um there's not a lot of people that are doing it in the uh in the AUDL or even in like ultimate frisbee so we're uh, what's funny is like talking with the uh, management when trying to rene- renegotiate our contract, they're like, Oh, do you have numbers? Like, are there things? And like, the league is only like eight years old. <laughs> All of our numbers in terms of reduction, like injury risk reduction, is like from soccer, is from rugby, is from similar sports. Right. But like, if you want to look at the early level of research, like, this is it. Like, we're collecting uh, numbers right. now. Yeah. Like, this, we're building this now for Ultimate Frisbee. For Ultimate Frisbee. Uh. Um, so. Uh, we, yeah, there's what, like six, uh, they cut the season down to 12 games, so we're traveling for like five or six games. So the Eastern Conference uh, is New York, Philly, D.C., Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa. Okay. And okay. then we have one uh, out-of-conference game where we're, get, we're going to Raleigh, we're going to North Carolina. Very cool. Yeah, so nice. it's pretty cool. Like, yeah, Rena is the primary physio for Gotham. Okay. I'm the primary sports director for the Empire, so like we'll usually... Help each other if our our schedules don't conflict, um, and if we're traveling, if there's a if there's a traveling situation, mm-hmm. Gotham usually stays in the tri-state area, so uh, we travel together usually. Um, if the Empire's playing away, I travel with the Empire again. Like you know, that whole AT thing is yeah. like it's super glamorous. Everybody like DMs yeah. me like, "Oh, you're traveling all the time." Like, yo, it's hard. Like, yeah. I'm on a I'm on a, and this isn't like the NBA or the MLB where we get flown everywhere. Like I'm on a coach bus to Toronto, which is like and those Canada trips are usually back to back. So it's like uh. eight hours to Toronto, then we get like for like a midday game or like maybe an evening game. And mm-hmm. then we get on the bus and drive halfway to like Ottawa or Montreal. Last year last last year we had a Toronto, Montreal. Uh, layover, That's and a we had to we time. stayed outside of Ottawa to drive on to Montreal for a midday Sunday game, oh and then God. drove back. That was a nightmare. It was the worst. A lot. How do
2: you guys manage that? I mean, I got it's one though. of you guys. You know, one of you guys are pretty much always in home base, but that must be a challenge, though, when one of
3: you guys is traveling to treat patients here in. But you guys have two yeah. of you so yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have two of us yeah which is nice and like we just took on a contract with the brooklyn nets oh it's huge oh, wow yeah i forgot i forgot, forgot to mention Forget that the Mets. <laughs> oh, that's kind yeah. of yeah. crazy yeah, yeah so we we run the rehab with uh their g-league team and we work with the two le- two-way players that run between the senior team they call it the senior teams between brooklyn and long island and uh the rookies out of long island And so we either are covering their practices. We help the strength and conditioning coach, uh, the strength and conditioning coach and the ATC who oversees most of the rehab, Mm -hmm. which is very interesting, obviously, given like the state of sports in the United States, like ATCs usually rule the roost. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's fine. Like she's an awesome uh, she's awesome to collaborate with and is super. She's always asking for our opinions and, like, trying to take everything into account, which is great. Um, and
4: she's generally just a very good clinician as mm-hmm. well. So we feel we feel we, like we're always on the same page. We're speaking the same language. And it, it's never um, – I've heard of other physios in a setting where there was a whole territory thing with the ATC and the PT, but I never feel that way oh, that's when, great when we're working with
3: – the culture, the culture in their organization is awesome, mm-hmm. um, and we like cannot have anything better to say about working in in the in the system, mm-hmm. because everybody has like this amazing. There's just this amazing culture, and everybody is focused on open communication about players and making sure that everybody's on the same page. Um, so it's it's good practice for sure. And That's in awesome.
4: and in relationship to just the health of the players, they're really focused on player longevity. So oh,
1: yeah. it's
4: cool. not it's not just, oh, let's get this person to be able to play in the game. It's no, let's let's make them healthy so that even if they don't get to stay with us, whatever team they end up going on to they'll have a healthy player, which is unheard of in professional sports. Yeah,
2: they treat (laughs) them like (laughs) kind of
3: assets. You know,
2: they're they're like a machine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: It's very interesting, especially like having been a little bit of a part of it and, you know, uh, seeing, seeing the interesting side of the back end uh, and how some teams treat their players and, uh, yeah, they're basically, like, assets, mm-hmm. um, and especially in the G League, there's a lot of turnover between players, like, uh, between teams, like, players, like, players will be there for two weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, and then they're gone, wow. they get traded to another team. That um which mm-hmm. is, yeah, it's super quick. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what the structuring is like for the for the G League players. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's kind of crazy because, like, you know, you get to build a relationship with, with one of the players and, like, you're helping them through their rehab process. And they're like, oh, well, I signed a contract with so-and-so. So, well, so you're right. around and, and be it, like, all right, well, good luck. And it even, <laughs> it even
4: happens while they're on the road. Like, yeah. we'll, get, we'll get reports and it's like, oh, this person just joined from blah, blah, blah. And we're, I'm like, but you're in – Utah right now like <laughs> well, they flew him
3: over from Toronto yeah wow.
4: it's
2: like it's pretty crazy yeah that's, you know, that's a whole other world. it is like that a is. sub
3: it's a whole the subculture that I, I've never been exposed to it sounds pretty cool yeah it's yeah it's it's different it's it's fun it's challenging um and like also our ability to be able to it keeps it fresh for us so like working with Ultimate frisbee players with like specific energy demands, uh, energy system demands, and even like body body types, like yeah. going from them to rugby. Like you have these massive forwards uh, that are just like basically two to three times my size, and then you have uh, and you have basketball players that are basically just like stretched out s- like string beans. <laughs> like uh, what was like Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's fun and it keeps us out of the clinic. Yes. And like what we've found too is like being able to just not stay in the same place and, like, yes. not deal with the same conversations, although sometimes it comes back to having the same conversations, especially when it comes to, like, you know, uh, adherence adherence, and, like, doing what you need to do and, like, actually, you know, like, you need to take care of yourself, whether or not right. it's a professional basketball player mm-hmm. or it's a professional, like, it's technically semi-pro but they call it professional, but professional frisbee player or even, like, you know, a, somebody who plays Zog Sports right. um, here in New York City, so... Uh, yeah, we we see a ton of we do see a ton of athletes, um, and it's it's good to keep it fresh. But like, I uh, I don't know if you're going to mention this, but uh, with our branding and our marketing, we had our oh, first yeah. we had our first person that uh, ha- was referred to us took a look at our website, we scheduled a phone call, and they. We're like, I really would love to work with you, but I don't think I'm the elite athlete that you uh. want to work with. <laughs> and so, Rena was like, "Your marketing hit it," and I, <laughs> and I was like, "I feel bad. Like, it's not supposed to. It's not supposed to be like super. Like, I don't know. It, it, it. Our, our marketing and our branding is supposed to borderline on like very exclusive, but the goal is to hit the people that really want it. Right, and so, right. like yeah it kind of priced this it mentally priced this person out because they're like oh i don't know if i want it so we like had Mm -hmm. to set up a follow-up phone call and be like hey like you know this is what our branding is but we work with people that really want it and they like uh, i don't think they ended up working with us anyways Mm -hmm. they decided Mm -hmm. to go to like some uh, they decided to go to a bigger practice which is fine but Mm -hmm. um a lot of that helps us set and it sets expectations like Quick, without even seeing them Yeah, yeah. which is great so yeah. like it avoids a lot of that um, setting the expectations up front with our branding kind of eliminates a lot of the a lot of the chaff especially when you have these like and I'm you know I'm sure you've experienced it with like the same crap conversations where people you have to convince people to do things or yeah. people are not motivated to do things oh, yeah. Um, yeah so like it, it's helped us in leaps and bounds by like starting to attract and find the right clients and you know and our whole thing is like if you're if you're all in we're all in Mm uh yeah it's super important and
4: if you're not if you're not ready then we're here when you for when you are or if you don't think you'll ever be ready that's okay too we have and that's when we start referring out or um even just even just giving them other options and Mm. sometimes that I feel like that surprises people, yes. and we've gotten feedback from that before. Like, mm-hmm. I people who may not have ended up working with us, but they appreciated that we were willing to refer out or give them other avenues that they could go down. Mm-hmm. And it was just it's it's been interesting with some of those people because they it's they're surprised. It's like you shouldn't be surprised by somebody. Trying to do good by you, you know. It's so. a crazy right? conversation.
2: <laughs> I, I run into a similar scenario with someone doesn't want to pay X dollars, or, and I'll give them a list, and um, they're like, "Wow, that's, it's really helpful. Thank you." And I'm like, "Well, that's, I'm trying to." that's really what I want to do is help
3: you, but right. don't mention it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> pay forward. Yeah. You pay yeah. <laughs> <pay> forward. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's, it, it sucks. It sucks. Like that. That's the norm it that is. people don't expect to get served, like to be helped. To be helped. Um, and mm-hmm. even, and we've, we've had that come around and help us in so many ways. Like I remember referring somebody uh, who's a young woman that had torn ACL playing soccer and She was like, "I really love your product. Like, I really love what you offer, but I can't afford it." I was like, "Okay, well, um, where where do you work? Where do you you know Where do you spend most of your time?" She's like, "Oh, I'm in." Uh, I referred her to Spear around 16th Street, and she. I I literally, we had this conversation at like a 2 PM on a Saturday and then I got a call at 5 PM that same day. And she's like, actually, I'd rather see you. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I looked at their website and I was not interested. Uh And I was like, well, that's great. So let's, let's get going. Um, So yeah, like, you know, doing the right thing, like not even just as a, like, yeah, just like being a good person. Yeah. Uh, Like it just goes, it goes a long, (laughs) it goes a long way and we, you know, it's super cliche and it's super simple, but we forget about those things sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, like when it comes down to it, if you're focused on making the dollar, like, you know, you're going to miss those opportunities um, and best case, you know, worst Sorry, best case scenarios like you refer somebody on, and they're like, "Oh, I had a conversation with, with Rena Irwin or Lee uh, and uh, Eric." Yes, uh, like yeah. sorry, <laughs> I blanked out for a second. This co- cold brews hitting me really hard. <laughs> um, like, and they, you know, they took the time to refer me to somebody that would that would help me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, doing the right thing, and like, we don't get a lot back. Like our Profession is super thankless. That's true. Um, and we true. and most of us don't come into it for the kudos. We no. just do it because we love to see people succeed. And you know, we we need to take ownership of that. Um, and when it comes back, that's great. But making sure that we do what we aim to do in the first place is is so important. It's yeah, really important. This is, the, this is like the model mission. It is. Like <laughs> <saying And> this,
0: <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is so key. I mean, one of the main things. Uh, I mean, you guys already hit it on the head today, but are you know we've Let's we've already a dead horse <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <Let's be laughs> Let's keep kicking him don't right. <laughs> <We not> <laughs> he's already <done>. <laughs> <laughs> we we want um like the new grad we want the a new grad to listen to us and be like all right well there's other options out there I want to work with athletes I want to work one on one in uh, in musculoskeletal care then what can I do to optimize that and this is one avenue and it's possible it's po- you didn't it wasn't like a straight line but it was also um, something that was thought out it was planned it was through experience and now it's starting to come to fruition so i think that's a hopeful thing and i think it's gonna help everybody if there's more people like this so
2: it's inspiring to hear you guys on how clear your your values are and 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 again as clear as it is you don't you don't pick you don't paint the rosy picture of how you got there and the you know the leaps and bounds but at the end of the day you know you kind of you said it resilience you know having the resiliency and to look deep it's it's scary conversations Mm -hmm. you have to have with yourself Mm -hmm. pretty regularly it's it's not a one combo (laughs) it's uh, (laughs) you got to keep revisiting it and you guys kind of clearly you know you're sharing a lot in terms of your your daily practice uh Mm -hmm. in terms of what what it kind of takes because it does you know it's the benefit of working in a well, it's not even a benefit, but the drawback <laughs> that a lot of people have that going to a nine-to-five yeah. kind of gig is yeah. they could turn off. It's um, safe. Yeah, it's safe. Very safe. It's Your safe. brain it's likes safe. to be
4: safe.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. It does but then you know you still get eaten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yeah. Safe, but, like, but yeah, you still get. You know, but not everybody's going to want to do the hustle, right? Right, right, right and like right, not everybody needs to go out and start their own business because right. like, and that's fine. Like, right. there's I think there's always going to be that market for that in network, like uh, because there are people that can't afford PT, right? Uh, which is fine. Like that's great, um, but like having the right clinicians in that in those spots to develop that culture is huge. Um, and you know the the clinicians that are outside of that can also help to change the culture.
2: Absolutely, <clears throat> I think they. You just said it. I mean, a lot of the patients uh, bless you. Thank a you. lot of patients that we would you know, I would see in these busy clinics. I, I would say to myself, "Wow, you know they, you know when you when I'm giving 150 percent to that particular person, I'm like they've never they've never gotten this care, you know." Mm-hmm. Or some of my colleagues that were sitting alongside of me. I'm like, "Damn, they're getting so." And you could hear it, you know when. Yeah, you could hear it from them. Like, wow, this is a different, ex- a different experience. Yeah, yeah. and um, that's what we want to pass on. You know, not mm-hmm. your, you know, what we've been through with uh, kind of a mill practice, and right? N- we don't want that to be the the norm,
0: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we we wanted to wrap it up, but I wanted to ask you guys. Um, I guess advice for people who might be listening to this and they might be in that mill network or they're not even at school yet. They're a student and they're looking to get in this. What's some kind of key points that you would or bullet points, I should say, uh, that you would give them?
3: Um, same, shameless self plug. We do run a coaching uh, a coaching program nice mm-hmm. um we're actually just starting to open up our third cohort uh for an eight-week program which runs through a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about so you're going to get some of that for free right now actually um Sweet. but I
4: mean, we've we sprinkled a lot sp- of it throughout, yeah,
3: the, yeah, right. throughout <laughs> th- so a lot of it throughout the talk and a lot of it throughout <laughs> our talk at columbia so um yeah some of those bullet points like uh a lot of figuring out who you who you want to be Mm -hmm. like uh so it goes back to goals um setting a five to ten year plan and like and figuring out that vision and what those values are Mm -hmm. um who do you want to be in five to ten years like do you want do you want to be that person do you do you really see yourself in that position of running your own practice being the admin because if you do then what you do is you start making those steps towards it um and so you know, some of those action plans might be, okay, well maybe I need to go put myself in, um, find a position at a practice where I can learn how to do those things. Maybe I join Erwin and Rena's coaching course. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, or maybe I, maybe Poor. I reach out to Lee. I reach out to Eric. I reach mm-hmm. out to Zach Gabor. I reach out to, um, Clinton Lee. Who else is it? Who else is here in New York city? That's doing awesome stuff. Karen, let mm-hmm. Um, and like DM them and ask them where to start. Cause, uh, that bullet point is basically ask like learning Mm -hmm. how to make the ask and because the worst thing that happens is they forget to answer your dm (laughs) and maybe they end up coming back, and they maybe they end up circling around like it took chris johnson like three weeks to answer my dm (laughs) um i think it was on twitter but um there's so much there's so many good people in the profession um you just need to find them and Mm. like find out who they are ask them because all of us are willing to help. Like yeah, uh, every time somebody asks me since shoots me a DM, whether or not it's on match for fit performance or on my personal Instagram, they're like, Hey, where can I get started? Like, you know, what can I do? I'm like, go read this book or like, or, you know, let's chat, let's chat on Google Hangouts and like, let's see what we can do to get you started and get you on that path. Right. Cause if that's what you want, like, yeah, hell yeah. I'll help you get it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's like one of my personal and our practice, initiative to help physios and students uh go on to change the profession and like maintain that integrity and then and transparency and just being fucking awesome and not mm-hmm. not being a shitty clinician yeah so <laughs> um yeah self what else self-development
4: yeah self-development um a lot of those having really hard conversations with yourself and mm-hmm. that kind of goes into asking yourself who you want to be mm-hmm. It all it all ties in, I think, to just figuring out who you are. And um, you have to be willing to change and willing to learn. Mm -hmm. And if you're not willing to do that, then it might not be the right path for you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you take the time to invest in yourself personally, Um, Because everybody, you know, you get out of school, it's like, I want to take this course, that course, the other course. But people don't think about learning more about themselves. They think they have themselves all figured out. Mm -hmm. Like non-clinical
3: skills are huge. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm You know, we've – you know, I'm sure we've talked about it definitely, Lee. Like uh, being able to have the the heavy discussions, learn how to pitch, um, be able to be okay with the things that you want or be – like acknowledge the, your limitations because mm-hmm. it takes a lot to acknowledge our, our limitations like mm-hmm. it took me you know from pt school till literally maybe about six months ago to be okay with like constantly failing i would be myself up all the time um but like and i remember it, at the student interest group they're like what's the best advice you can give us like, fail fail a lot <laughs> um, yes. and it sucks because mindset wise like being in academia and in school it's like don't fail don't fail of course we've and yeah. yeah like my mindset has always been all right well don't give the wrong answer and if you don't know it just shut the fuck up and don't say anything mm-hmm. but now it's you know i've started to get comfortable and be okay with being wrong and admitting that you're wrong which mm-hmm. is like hard for a lot of, which is hard for a lot of people absolutely um so like maintaining that humility and being like and it comes back to mindset like having being okay with fucking up and being wrong. And mm-hmm. because it's a learning experience, all of it is a learning experience. And as if you're, Rena said it earlier, and Dr. Weaver said it millions of times, like if you're safe and respectful with your clients or the people that you interact with, and they don't leave you hurt or worse or dead, um, <laughs> you didn't do any worse. And it's a learning experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's all timing. Like a lot of it has to do with timing. Um, like tr- dose training loads, <laughs> but, um, especially with like acute discomfort. You know, I have fucked up. I fucked that stuff up a lot. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we loaded you way too soon. And like, some people, most people, will be frustrated. And you're yeah. like, if you come back to them and you're honest, and you're like, you know what, this is this was the load, and we we brought this up too quickly. People are like, oh shit, you're right. Um, okay, all right. Well, I'm willing to do that as opposed to being like. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's because you slept weird, or like <laughs> maybe it's because like it's your fault. Yeah, it's uh, your fault. Yeah. Like, I've, and I've done that, and like, it's, <laughs> and it sucked, and it backfired. It like blew up in my face. But oh, yeah. Um, being able to you know empower those clients and take the take that on yourself because it's usually our it's usually our fault <laughs> whenever our clients leave us worse off or wear. So right. Um. Yeah. Humility is huge. I Absolutely. Don't know if you want to add anything else?
4: Yeah, I. bringing bringing it back to mental resilience and taking a look at yourself in the mirror and and a lot of deep diving I feel like I've done a lot so so again the business coach I've been working with we had to explore a lot of things with me and why I felt certain ways about things and it's the more comfortable you are with yourself and the way that you present yourself to the world um, which is kind of also why I ended up leaving that first job was because again it didn't align with my values but mm. also also when when a company doesn't align with your values and you have to go represent them somewhere like it, just, it just doesn't feel good yeah. and so being, being really comfortable with yourself and what you believe in and trusting yourself to, um, to make the right choice that you know is right for you mm-hmm. will help steer you in the right direction no matter where you go so, um, so yeah, I would, I guess to sum all that up for, for a new grad or even a new practitioner, who's just not happy where they are, mm-hmm. just take that time to be with yourself. And Very it's, cool. and it's hard with us cause you know, we're in a, we're in a profession where we're interacting with people all the time. So it's hard to give yourself that time, mm-hmm. but give yourself, set those boundaries for yourself and really, really take time to do that because it, it helps with so many things. Um, with your really with your personal relationships but your relationships with your clients with your coworkers, um and with anybody else you come in contact with so
2: super important great advice yeah great advice thank you guys thank yeah. you thank any you any
0: parting words um i think this has been like fantastic yeah. I, I mean we usually i mean we would love to have you guys back yes. for part two because there's so much stuff to talk about not only we didn't dive into like you know keeping that Um, sorry, keeping uh, fit and going through, like, you know new motor like you just started competing in olympic mm-hmm. lifting mm-hmm. i think that's super important when you work with athletes because like you're leading by example mm-hmm. and there's this huge thing where we should we even be you know like being active and yeah. all yeah. this stuff anyways but yeah. that's a whole oh, other we thing. need to have you guys back on because yeah. there's a lot this of is.
2: things we oh hell yeah there's oh, yeah. a lot of things <laughs> i wanted to touch yeah we we wanted to touch upon but you guys i mean amazing to have you guys on we really yes, appreciate you appreciate you thank both you. Appreciate thank you guys thank and um Stay tuned. Part two. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you for listening to A Few Good Physios. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Follow us each week
0: while we interview guests and have clinical commentary.